This is Civilly Speaking, brought to you by the Ohio Association for Justice. Hello and welcome to Civilly Speaking, OAJ's monthly podcast on practical and timely legal issues. I'm your host, Sean Harris. Our guest today is Jeff Cohen. Jeff is a partner at the Beverly Hills-based law firm of Cohen & Gardner LLP. And our topic today is Essential Tools for Business. Jeff Cohen, thanks very much for joining us here on Civilly Speaking. Thanks, Sean. Thanks for having me. Now, obviously, you're an attorney now, Jeff, but most folks probably recognize you from your childhood acting days. How'd you get into acting in the first place? I was born in L.A., and I was a kid actor back in the 80s when the world was young, and I had hair, and I was in a film called The Goonies that Spielberg produced and and Richard Donner directed and played the funny little fat kid Chunk uh, in The Goonies. You were Chunk! I was Chunk. It's not easy. It's not easy. (laughs) And so how did we get from Chunk to lawyer Jeff Cohen? You know, although my my initial path where I started was, you know, maybe different from some of your listeners, like I I think similarly to your listeners, we all became lawyers because of a lack of any other viable alternative. There was literally nothing else we were good at. You know, medicine, that seems hard. You got to cut people open. That's pretty gross. An engineer who wants to do that, you got to be really good with math. So law, why not be a lawyer? Abe Lincoln, he was cool. He was a lawyer. Also, I'm an entertainment lawyer, so I negotiate deals. What I found when I hit puberty and couldn't get work as an actor and started to work on the other side of the business, kind of on the studio side and the production side, I found that lawyers kind of had a unique place in entertainment in representing talent, negotiating deals, structuring film financing. So that, that seemed seemed to be an intriguing place to be. And when you say entertainment or, or transactional lawyer, tell us about that. What does that mean? Sure. Basically, I don't have to audition, but I still get to go to the parties. So it's uh, you know, kind of the best of all worlds. <laughs> Basically, uh, entertainment, by entertainment, I'm, I'm talking about music and literature and, and film and television and, and new media, video games, et cetera, et cetera. I'm kind of using a broad definition of entertainment. There's a number of kind of documents underlying all of those deals from making sure the, the chain of title for intellectual property is clean, from financing documents when people are financing an entertainment project to agreements for talent. If you're an actor and you're going to be in a television series negotiating that deal, or if you're a director and you've also written a script that you want to direct, kind of all of the deals surrounding that. So it's basically all of the deals surrounding the creation, financing, and distribution of entertainment products for both corporations and also individuals. Well, and you recently wrote a book along these uh, lines called 10 Essential Tools for Business Forged in the Trenches of Hollywood. Yes, Dealmaker's Ten Commandments. Tell us about that. On Amazon. Check it out. It's funny. The American Bar Association came to me and they were like, hey, we want to do a book on entertainment, entertainment law. And it was kind of cool. They came to me. They wanted me to put something together. I had never written a book before, but I had been writing articles about business and and politics and things like that. And I'm a big fan of business books. So I was like, hey, let me open it up and make it more of rules for business, for structuring deals, managing crisis, kind of living life on your own terms. And I pitched them the idea of the Dealmaker's Ten Commandments, Ten Essential Tools for Business Forged in the Trenches of Hollywood. And I kind of opened it up to like, hey, you know, when you're dealing with crisis, this is a methodology. When you're when you're analyzing a transaction, no matter what the transaction is, here's kind of my checklist of, of what I go through. So, and also, how do you fight monsters without becoming one, right? So, Nietzsche old old questions. So kind of I got to open it up and, and make it kind of a more fun philosophical book. Now do you believe that the president is following any of your commandments? 
know. Well, Trump did write. Uh, well, Trump, Trump's book, I should say. Is just He's a, a deal maker. Come on. Is the art of the deal. The difference is, I actually wrote my book. I see. I wrote. I wrote it. Oh, so, I see. You know, does he believe the art of the deal? I don't know. Right. Uh, he didn't write the book. I wrote this, so so at least I, I can I can plant my flag and say I actually wrote wrote what I what I believe. And I've got the Ten Commandments here. Let's talk about some of them. I mean, number one, you say it's better to be feared than loved. Yes, and of course, I stole that from the great Italian political philosopher Nicola Machiavelli in his book The Prince, which is kind of the the book that I pattern my book after. Because reading that book was very important for me, kind of in my intellectual development. My book, uh, in the beginning, I have a, kind of a warning. I say, hey, the ideas in this book are <laughs> are for business. They're not for personal. You know what I mean? Like, like it's pretty hard-nosed, and I found it to be very effective in, in, in one's professional life. But in your personal life, it's certainly relationship killing. So It's not a marriage handbook, sir. It's not a marriage handbook. I start off with a quote. There's a lot of quotes in the book, and I start off with one, good and great are seldom the same man. So that kind of leads into the the first dealmaker's commandment, it's better to be feared than to be loved. Machiavelli kind of goes through this analysis of like, hey, if you're a prince, if you're a leader, would you rather have your population love you or fear you? And what he ultimately decides is that it's almost impossible to be both simultaneously. But fear is something you can control. You can make sure people are afraid of you. But you can't make people love you. People love kind of on their own accord, but they fear you <laughs> by your actions. So for me, when I'm kind of looking at a business situation, when I'm kind of structuring a deal, it's like, okay, what are the mechanisms of fear as I negotiate this deal? And again, it sounds very hard-nosed, but I found that in our rough-and-tumble business environment, it's been helpful. Yeah, and I'm skipping around here because I don't want to give away everything from the book, but uh, one, one of your rules says no pig wrestling. No pig wrestling. Commandment five, yes. <laughs> Dealmaker's commandment five is no pig wrestling. Why? Because when you wrestle a pig, you get dirty and the pig enjoys it. Combat is an honor. A knight doesn't fight against a squire. A knight fights against another knight. So... You have to be very careful about who you engage in combat with. There has to be significant upside. <laughs> I find it, it's usually better to fight somebody bigger than somebody smaller. Because if you fight somebody bigger, if you lose, hey, it's okay. You, you fought the champ. If you win, you're a monster. Versus if you fight somebody who's smaller, there's kind of there's risk without upside. So for me, pig wrestling is like, okay, what are battles that, that are appropriate to get into? Where there is upside, where there is a sufficient angle for improvement. Because look, not Nothing in the human experience takes it more energy than combat, whether it's deal combat or real combat, or whether it's an actual war. Nothing is more expensive in blood, in treasure. So when you get into a fight, you, you have to be very, very, very careful about the fights you get into mm. and thoughtful about that. So that's what, that's what the uh, no pig wrestling is about. Now, I also notice there's a, you emphasize the idea of time management. How does that integrate with the idea of being a deal maker? Oh, sure. I mean, because as professionals, whether we're lawyers or doctors or, or engineers or business people, for the most part, our time is our commodity. So if you waste your time, you waste your life. And if you can't develop your own system where you are the boss of your time, then you will be a slave to somebody else's system. So my mechanism is do it, delete it, delegate it. 
and, and I kind of go through it deeper in the book, but it's like, okay, we're getting all this information, we're getting all this distraction. You have to be able to process that in a way where you can effectively dispatch because otherwise you're dead. Everybody is going to want to take your time away, you know, to do what's important to them. There's this analogy of people love to walk into your, you know, I think this whether you're a business person, litigator, transactional lawyer, whatever, or just a human being, people love to walk into your office with whatever monkey is on their shoulder bugging them, and they love to take that monkey off their shoulder and just stick it right on your desk. So now it's your monkey, and they just kind of moonwalk out of there, just kind of get out of there. So you have to be very careful of not taking other people's monkeys. (laughs) Mm. (laughs) To be technical. I was going to say, if there's a headline for this podcast, it's don't take other people's monkeys. It's don't wrestle pigs, don't take monkeys. I got the whole zoo. I got the pet zoo, the, the Cincinnati uh, Zoo, all the zoo, yeah. And you were telling me beforehand, by the way, you do have an Ohio connection. Uh, you... I do. I, I was really excited to talk to you. So I was born in L.A. in the San Fernando Valley, but my mother is actually born in Cincinnati. So, uh, And my sister, who's a very talented writer, she's on the show Fuller House. As a writer, she actually went to, the, uh, went to a university of Cincinnati. So I have always been a Bengals fan. <laughs> and I'm God still bless a Bengals you. fan. And, and it's brutal, man. It is brutal. It's not easy, but I'm proud of Houday. I'm still upset about the 88 Super Bowl that Siasen and, and Icky <laughs> lost. They should have won. You know, I went to school in the Bay Area for college at Berkeley, and so everybody loves their Niners. That always drove me nuts because the Niners beat them twice in the <laughs> 80s. But, hey, man, I'm a Bengals guy. I'm loyal to my guys. Tell us about, for attorneys who want to become dealmakers or better dealmakers, are there a top three kind of bite-sized chunks, recommendations that you would have for them? Well, first of all, the most important tip is buy my book, (laughs) The Dealmaker's Ten Commandments uh, by Jeff Cohen, available on Amazon. We have the Kindle version, hardcover, or also the audiobook. So if you like my voice, I can actually read the entire uh, lovely book for you. Wow. So, of course, number one, buy Dealmaker's Ten Commandments. I would say tip number two is that success is life on your own terms. I think it's very easy for us to kind of get overwhelmed by, you know, what everybody else wants. And we're pack animals. We want to help people. But there's that idea that I don't know the secret of success, but I know the secret of failure, trying to make everyone else happy. So you really need to kind of be able to separate yourself from your boss, from your family, from church, and ask yourself, hey, what matters to me? What what do I really care about? And kind of start from that as a nucleus. The third tip, I would use Woody Allen's line, 80% of success is showing up. (laughs) You know, like, I don't know what happens if I show up to the event or the networking event or the lunch with the potential client, but I do know what happens if I don't show up. If I don't show up, nothing happens. So as far as the big three, off the top of my head, that's that's what I would go with. Well, Jeff Cohen, it's been a pleasure to meet you, at least over the podcast like this. Thanks very much for joining us here on Civilly Speaking. Thank you, Sean. I'd like to say, who day? Bengals are going to do it this year. This is the year. This is the year. You heard it here first. You heard it here first. You heard it here on this podcast first, Sean. Who day? It's coming back. This is the year. And thank you so much for helping me. I hope your listeners get a chance to check out my book, Dealmaker's Ten Commandments, and I hope it helps them. (laughs) 